This is a HeadGum Podcast. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello, Halflings! It's me, Jasper William Cartwright, and I'm joined today as usual by... Leander Nati Lewis Nyao, but everybody calls me Unati! And Jeremy Cobb, but Russ Lusetsky calls me Corny. (laughs) (laughs) Which I would say it's a low hanging fruit. It's a low hanging (laughs) fruit. (laughs) If there's one thing that Jeremy isn't, (laughs) I'd say generally you're not a corny guy, you know? You don't go for those cheesy one liners or. I, I wouldn't. I, I, my jokes are many things, but I don't know if corny is is one. <laughs> that said, uh, I do enjoy eating corn, so I guess in that sense, you, you are you a little me. corny. Yeah. yeah, they're a little corny. I'm a little corny. I'm a little corny. You know me. I'm just a little corny. <laughs> hey, little corny, how you doing? Yeah, I'm little corny. There should definitely be a rapper named Little Corny. Oh, little God. Corny. Oh, no. But when you drop that album, Jerry, yeah. when we become an international not. success and you drop that <laughs> album, you can do Little Corny. It would be, yeah. it would be my unicorn, my unicorn rapper persona. <laughs> I, I like wear a unicorn onesie. And like, hey, you're like, little corny. But you're like sat out in the rain. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, a, like the moody album cover. Like, yeah. pick. it's like you but and I a have, unicorn onesie looking down. But I have the anime Aww. eyes. Yeah. Oh. I wish everyone at home could see what I'm seeing right now. Jeremy's doing full anime eyes. It's adorable. Uh, yes, Little it's true. Adorable. It, I have seen someone about it. My eyes aren't, you, most people's eyes can't get this big. But mm. Uh, mm. yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. gift in some cases. Full Prince vibe? Woof! <laughs> this makes them even more black! Cake glitches and bitches! Lands in the cusp of a teaspoon? Oh, no! On a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it! Yeah. We're about to get into something real big now. So, halflings! How are you doing? Um, actually, how are you guys? I feel like I haven't asked you guys uh, here. Like, we always chat about how we're doing, but, like, how, how's everyone feeling? How's, how's it going? My mom is out of town, so I'm feeding her birds for her. Huh. She has a lot of... She doesn't own birds. She has a bird feeder outside. And despite the fact that it, it never really mattered to her prior to this, she now feels a real burden to continue supplying these birds A real with food. burden? Oh, 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 wow. Hey, wow. Talk hey, about low-hanging wow. fruit today. <laughs> yeah. We're going for it. Jasper yes. William Cornwright. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I got my first nickname. Yes. <laughs> yes. You've got to start doing them now. Oh, God. <laughs> It'll be endless. The intros to these shows will be endless if we yeah. all start getting nicknames. No, yeah. no, no. Uh, my no, mom, no, no. her bird feeder at times gets... 30 plus birds at a time. Ooh, it is the most, it is the busiest bird feeder I've ever seen. There's like an entire flock of morning doves that just comes down. They post out on all of the, the telephone wires, just watching for a few minutes. And then like after a while, they just descend upon it. And the Jeez. deck is covered in these morning doves. We have like four or five different male cardinals, plus a bunch of different female cardinals. We just keep getting more and more squirrels that come and they, they fight each other. Oh, over the over like over seeds and fight stuff. Club. Squirrel yeah. Fight Club. <laughs> Jeremy's <laughs> house is Squirrel Fight Club. But more members keep showing up, so clearly they're breaking the first rule of Squirrel oh. Fight Club, which yeah, is like yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. chitter about Squirrel Fight Club. Well, you're gonna look out there one day, Jeremy, and see like a tiny little like squirrel-sized white van pull up, and then the bird feeders <laughs> just gonna. 
get blown up. Like. <laughs> There's one squirrel that's out there, like apparently just chittering at itself. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And no one's sure what's happening. And then you can just Listen. see one squirrel just glitching out, like it's almost like they're in one frame, and then they just sort of disappear. Yeah, from there's view. a squirrel really... for a second and it's gone. Yeah, just a squirrel for a second and that then disappears. Squirrel looks really handsome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really handsome and buff. Wow. Yeah. Um, Brad Squirrel. Uh, cool. So uh, this week we thought we would discuss all things Session Zero. Before we do, we thought we would share what was a quite a hilarious tale from the table, wouldn't you say, Jeremy? <laughs> I would say this is probably the wildest tale from the table that I've ever had. Certainly um, as a player. I don't know if yeah. it's for all my games, but it's it's up there, man. Yeah. So the campaign that I've been running for the longest amount of time may have just got a little derailed by my uh, own foolishness. But like, I mean, Jeremy, do you want to tell this from your perspective, how this went down? Yeah. Uh, It was pretty entertaining. (laughs) Okay, so at this point in the story of this campaign, we were kind of, it was like a climax of sorts for my character's arc up to that point. Uh, we had remade contact. My name, my character is named Dennis Colespring. He's a ghostwise halfling. Uh, his clan is called the Wu Tang Clan, and we had just returned to help get the Wu Tang Clan to move because there was a massive imperial army heading for that stretch of forest, and it was this. It was it was like an army ant situation. They weren't mm. there for us, but if we were in their way, they would annihilate us. Yes. And they, we, you know, we, we went on this whole quest to try and uh, save Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five so that we could then convince the rest of the clan to move. We finally did it. We're on our way. We're like, we have to go. We find out that this army is even bigger than we had thought it was going to be, and it's going to ravage this entire area. So we're like, look, maybe our best bet is to actually just go to the army and ask them to just not kill us. And so we, we're on our way there. We got our whole plan worked out. On our way, we pass this mysterious hut, and I don't I don't remember who rolled high enough, but essentially we ascertained that this was some kind of hag's hut, yes. and we, the the hag inside started speaking to us telepathically, trying to entice us to come closer to the hut, and I was all prepared to just move on, but one of the other characters suggested, hey, now, wait a minute, we're going to negotiate with an exceptionally powerful man. If yeah, negotiations an archmage, go, in fact. Yes. <clears throat> and if negotiations go south, we can use all the help we could get. So why don't we see if we can convince this hag to come with us? And maybe if, if we have to use our fallback plan, she can, you know, help save the day. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, OK, why not? So they, uh, she was like, I'll help you on one condition. One of you has to come in and draw from my deck of cards. And now everyone who was playing knew what she was talking about. But even so, our characters could tell just by the way that she framed it, that it was like, you know, maybe we shouldn't do this. And luckily, (laughs) I had just become I'd become acting grandmaster of the Wu-Tang Clan recently. And so... Uh, I had sent in my rival, my arch rival within the Wu-Tang Clan, Blue mm-hmm. Jay-Z, to draw a card. Blue Jay-Z yep. goes in. I roll a D20 to see what card he draws. Uh, I don't remember the name of the card that he draws. I believe it was called The Fates. Do you want to read what it is, Jasper, once you get it up? Uh, so um, you pulled the card The Fates. The uh, reality's fabric unravels and spins anew, allowing you to avoid or erase one event as if it never happened. Uh, You can use this this card's magic as soon as you draw the card or at any other time before you die. Uh, So, Jeremy, I'll I'll just take this a little bit. Jeremy sent in uh, his arch rival, who had recently, who was the sort of stand-in grand uh, sort of grandmaster, whilst uh, Grandmaster Flash was incapacitated. And so, when he drew this card, he went, "Well, I just don't want him to be like I don't want him to be the grandmaster anymore. I would have got this if it wasn't for him." Uh, fortunately for Dennis, he didn't just wish that Dennis had never been born, which would have been uh, pretty would have been worse. chaotic. Yeah. yeah, would have been worse. Would have been worse. And so basically, uh, he wished, or he sort of said, "Well, uh, he never, Dennis never got his hat back," which means he would still be kind of a, a disgraced member of of the uh, of the Wu Tang Clan, and mm. kind of walked back uh, the whole first arc for Dennis's character, like <laughs> many, many. 
many hours of playing led us to very recently Dennis get finally getting his hat back and yep. it is now right back where they found it because the guy yeah. who had it refused to give it to them. <laughs> and so suddenly not only is Dennis like, oh, I'm not Grandmaster. And it's like Dennis has no memory of ever being Grandmaster. Yeah, because he just, just suddenly reality just changes. That's just the new timeline you're on. Yeah. Basically. Blue Jay Z did a full on Marvin Barry uh, back to the future scenario and took Dennis's plan that he had come up with and is yep. now pretending that it's his plan to go do all this stuff. And on top of that, Dennis's love interest, Bill Bonse, is suddenly there with Blue Jay-Z in a full-blown relationship. Yep. And she won't give Dennis the time of day. She said she won't even look at him. Yeah. And so Dennis is like suddenly just real sad and he doesn't know why. And Blue Jay-Z is being really mean to him and mm -hmm. nobody's sure why. Uh, and like we continued with our journey, but Dennis is immediately like, whoa. And the hag comes out and she's like, she joins with us and she turns to Dennis. She's like, Hey, I got some cards. If you want to, if you want to pull a card. <laughs> and so I, as a player imposed the imposed a, uh, uh, wisdom saving throw mechanic whereby Dennis was trying to resist the urge to draw a card from this deck. And I kept rolling so high on literally these. nat twenties. Like you rolled <laughs> several nat twenties to <laughs> save. Like yes. the Universe was saying, "Don't draw no. a card." <laughs> Enough every, with the cards. <laughs> it was yeah, because every single time a new a new insult would occur, Dennis would be like looking over the card deck, just like. And I, as the DM, was just Ooh. layering these insults in as much as I could, like any opportunity I could to needle Dennis. I was like, "Yep, we'll take this." <laughs> we arrive outside the enemy camp. We. Uh, like a announce that we're there. They they go in to get the the what the high arbiter is that? Uh, yes, the prime arbiter. The prime yeah. arbiter. Yeah, this archmage. They go in to go get him, and we're waiting outside the camp. Bill Bonse and Blue Jay Z disappear, and then we hear just a rhythmic pounding sound. <laughs> At which point. Dennis is finally like, okay. Nope. He turns <laughs> he turns to uh, the hag, whose name is Ashanai, and it's like, Ashanai, I have a question. If I draw a card, can I draw it for someone else? And she was like, sure, but you just need an item belonging to that person, and I'll allow it. And so Dennis, because he's kept, he keeps saving all of these throws and because he honestly, he knows something went down in the hut because the, the team's Sherlock Holmes cat, uh, Wild Spark, he's Sherlock Holmes, but he's a cat, uh, mm -hmm. was able to tell. He's like, something happened in that hut. I'm not sure what happened, but something is different. Uh, Dennis, yeah. Dennis is finally like, okay, you know what? I'm going to be a somewhat bigger man, and rather than go after Blue Jay-Z, he sends the NPC rogue that's been accompanying the party into the enemy camp to steal an item of the Prime Arbiters. And I just want to point this out. So when I when I uh, ruled that this could happen, in my head as a DM, this was the folly I had as a DM, where I was like, this is going to be so hard. This is a freaking Archmage. You can't just sneak up on the Archmage. You can't just be going in there taking stuff. So this is going to be so hard. Someone's going to get caught, blah, 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 blah. Hmm. They sent the rogue in, this NPC rogue. They cast Jeremy Dennis cast Pass Without a Trace. He got also got Bardic Inspiration. The NPC rogue rolled a 43 for stealth. <laughs> 43! <laughs> the NPC rogue came back with the motherfucker's coat like, that he was wearing. <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was truly, and I think he rolled a natural fourteen and still yeah, it was got fourteen and got a forty three. Yeah, it was ridiculous because he rolled like an eight on the in Bardic inspiration and yeah, and, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, and he gets like a plus fourteen, I think, mm -hmm. to stealth as well. Mm -hmm. It's broken, absolutely broken. So we. Um, I then like go to the, I go to Ashana and I'm like, okay, here's the deal that I'm willing to offer you. I will draw two cards from this deck, one card for me and one card for the prime arbiter. And I get to choose who gets which card. And Jasper had me roll a persuasion check. It was a high DC, a yes. high DC. I roll a natural 18 which I got a plus two to persuasion, which gives me a dirty 20, plus the bard inspired me, so that jumped up to a 24. And mm -hmm. she, on her insight check to oppose me, rolled a natural one. Yep. 
Meaning that she then says, okay, I'll let you do it, but I just won't tell you what the card does. I'll only tell you the name of the card. And then, uh, if I may, Jeremy, just to describe my journey through this next bit, I then, we then, Jeremy rolls twice, picks two cards out, and I was thinking, this is good, because you'll just have the name of the card, so they won't be able to tell whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. The two cards that were drawn, right, was... Knight, spelt like K-N-I-G-H-T, so as in like a a, a knight. And the void. <laughs> like it couldn't have been much more clear cut which one was good and which one was bad. Yeah. If you tried. Yeah. If you tried. So my heart, I'm like, okay, cool. It was at which point I realized the Prime Arbiter is quite literally the second, maybe third big bad in my campaign. Like, so much planning, precise planning has gone into this specific character. And then for those of you who don't know what the Void card does, let me just read this out for you. The Void. This black card spells disaster. Your soul is drawn from your body and contained within an object in a place of the DM's choice. One or more powerful beings guard this place. Whilst your soul is trapped this way, your body is incapacitated. A wish spell cannot restore your soul, but a spell, a wish spell can reveal the location of the object that holds you. <laughs> so my, my main bad guy <laughs> just... <laughs> we I, and I as a DM have I've dealt with this card with this well not with this deck before and so when he says the knight I'm like oh the void boy. you mean the void the void the void no no I even knew what the knight oh, was yeah, when you, you said the yeah, knight I was like yeah. oh boy but he, but and then the when you said is, the void I was just there like, was like a point of me where me. I was like well look I'm gonna make him roll intelligence checks if it's like if it's two things that are close but you as players know what it is I'll make you roll intelligence checks to see if you're pl- mm. like the characters would get it but I was like you're not gonna there's not a hard choice between like the worst case scenario the knight's gonna pop up and try and kill you do you know what I mean yeah that's yeah. still a lot better than the void <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so Dennis was like yeah man I'm giving him the void I'll take the night <laughs> we had like a full we had like a full hour left of that session and I was like guys oh I'm just gonna we're gonna have to I'm gonna have to pump the brakes here because I need to go we, and have a thing <laughs> I don't think I don't think I've ever laughed harder during a D&D game <laughs> like the entire group was just in utter shambles Jasper was a broken man I, uh, was, I was literally just doing a 50 yard stare for the rest of the Zoom just like what the fuck do I do? This has uh, broken hear, my uh, campaign. I could hear sound of silence playing whenever I looked at yeah. Jasper. <laughs> it was so bad, but it was such a particular set of circumstances. Not only that, but the player, the only reason the hag was there was for a player who wasn't there. He couldn't make the session. So none of this would have happened if that player had just been there. Because the, the hag wasn't there for Dennis. <laughs> was there for a different player. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. It's so ridiculous. But... And oh, and oh, yeah, we yeah. have to say who the knight. What happened with the knight? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So, uh, so, so, can you read what the knight card yes, says? I will read what Just the knight so card says. Know. So, <clears throat> yeah, uh, you gain as the service of a fourth level fighter who appears in a space you choose within thirty feet of you. The fighter is the same race as you and serves only you loyally until death. Believe uh, believing the fates have drawn him or her to you, you control this character. Yep. And uh, so that is how uh, Hard One Surefoot, uh, the, from the not rune, another D&D podcast, yes, the Rune Knight uh, fighter, <laughs> Ghostwise Halfling, yeah. uh, just showed up in our campaign. I mean, look, hey, we're on the same podcasting network as Jake Hurwitz now. I could maybe yeah. drop him an email and just say, hey, do you fancy a guesting on uh, my home game? <laughs> like, you're in it. So, yeah. <laughs> like, do you want to, do you want to guest? Um, so yeah, that would be truly amazing. They now have another party member in Hard One Shorefoot, uh, and mm-hmm. my 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 main bad is in a friggin' black void somewhere. Yep. <laughs> uh, if you don't if you don't know who Hard One Shorefoot is, you should definitely check out not another D and D podcast. You should it's indeed. It's a really really great podcast. Yes. Really awesome. Um, yeah. And 
Well, that's our tale from the table. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. I'm a little bit annoyed at you, Unati. I feel like if you were there, you wouldn't have stood for these shenanigans and you probably would have stopped them. I would them. have not been anywhere near Exactly. You'd have just been like, like, yeah. No. No. <laughs> no. Let's go. You'd have, just, you'd have just packaged Dennis up and said, you're not drawing a card, let's go. <laughs> like, go. That's what would have happened. Let's go. <laughs> and thus saved the campaign. And thus saved the campaign. So thanks oh. a lot, Unati. Uh, thanks sorry, a lot. Sorry, sorry. It is kind oh. of my vengeance. It's my it's my vengeance for Strahd. You know what I mean? It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Karma for Strahd. Let that be a lesson to you, DMs. The, the deck of many things is, no is a real risk. Literally, my other players, my players the other day when we were, when they'd gone to Majaji, the Rain Queen's um, cave, and we were like debating like what sort of magic item they would receive or like what we could do in that point because I was like stuck because they'd done something that I really wasn't expecting. Mm. Um, and then they suggested a deck of many things. And I looked at them and I said, not a fucking chance. Nope. Not a, <laughs> not, not a fucking chance. Quite literally, <laughs> I couldn't, I don't think I could make one piece of advice clearer for DMs. Whatever you do, whatever you do, do not make the deck of many things available at, like on a, an, an anywhere near regular or permanent basis. Do not give them a deck of many things. Do not let them anywhere near. Because it is ridiculous. You will derail your campaign in a session. Like, that was drawing three cards. The entire campaign changed on a dime twice because of three cards. <laughs> there are worse and more game-breaking cards that can be drawn mm-hmm. even than those ones. Mm-hmm. Just don't... Do not give your players a deck of many things. They I were can't... looking at me laughing. They were like, mm, let's get some chaos. I'm like, no. 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 Not that much. Not that, not that much. Chaos. Don't do we that to yourself. Chaos control. Uh, and speaking of DM advice, we thought that we <clears> would uh, do a little deep dive on a session zero. Maybe how you uh, avoid awkward conversations about why your players can't have a deck of many things in the future, because you can cover that in a session zero. You can say, just so you know, I'm going to put it out there now. No deck of many things. Don't even mention it at my table. Thank you. <laughs> if you mention it, I, your character instantly dies. Yes. <laughs> if you suffers the effect of yeah. every card. Uh, deck of, if you say deck of and then you're followed by many things, instant death. Yeah. That is it. You're yeah. done. You're yeah. done. Uh, but no, we thought uh, this is something that we have actually had quite a lot of uh, conversation around on our Discord. Uh, there's been some really, really fantastic conversation on our Discord. So big shout out to everyone there. Uh, I believe uh, Remco actually brought it up as well. We did a halfling hangout, which is where we get to chill with some of our um, some of our patrons, and uh, we had a little discussion there as well. And so, and it just seems to be something that's, that's floating around a lot at the moment. Mm. Um, and I saw someone saying, you know, like, why isn't, uh, like, Wizards of the Coast, for instance, release, like, a little, like, how-to on Session Zeros and things like that. And it's just quite an interesting conversation. And, uh, it, I, yeah, there's some weird conflicting things that I found doing a bit of research on it. And so I thought it'd be a really good thing for us to just have a little dig into and talk about. So I guess, first of all, overview. What's, like, for you two, what would you say is, like, what, what would you what be wanting to nail in a Session Zero? Safety tools, mm-hmm. lines and veils, and then like game expectation, like yeah. what they, what the players are kind of looking for, because I might not be the right DM for them. That's just, yeah, and that's yeah. fair enough. Um, and they might not be the right party for me, because that's not the kind of game I want to run. You know what I mean? It's got to be sure, fun. Sure, sure. So like, we just kind of sort of yeah. check that. Those are like the three main things I really want to cover. Um, then for like super newbie players, I'll like look at combat. Um, what that means and then try and bring the party together in terms of like their characters mm. um, if that's covered and then just like how are we going to deal with um, uh, players being unavailable how are we going to de- are we going to keep going do we autopilot a character do we not autopilot the character just little things like that like house maintenance um, and that's usually what I'll kind of do and then also like oh, um, really stress to my players that um, at, if at any point something does become a line or, you know, just email me um, and you don't have yeah. to explain yourself, just be like, nope, not a fan. And then it's yeah. gone. Like it never it's happened. Gone. Just poof. Poof. Um, and that's pretty much like, I mean, that's in a nutshell, but that's pretty much yeah, yeah, what yeah. I tried to yeah, We're just looking hit. for yeah, a little overview. Nice. I would say pretty much the same things. I think I, I ran a session zero for for the first time for the campaign that I'm currently running that Unati is in. And I think at that, for that session zero, yeah, we discussed safety tools, lines and veils. We talked about, we had already decided on the setting itself because we had talked about that prior. 
which I think is probably for the best. I don't know if, I mean, you can try and discuss that at the table, but I wanted, this was like a character creation session as well. So I had everybody come with multiple character ideas. Mm. Was that the same session, Nunati, or was that, were those two different sessions? I feel I like it was, it was the same session. I think it was two different sessions, wasn't it? Oh, okay. And then you sort of also oh, like spent sense. some time with us individually as well. Yeah, but I think the initial choosing of the characters. Oh yeah, that was all done was, together. I think. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah was that it? was another thing that we did. I don't yeah. remember if it was the same session, but it was also kind of a session zero mm. in which everybody brought three character ideas. Oh, that's very and cool. And then the group kind of would help people decide which it would be like which character would you most want to play, and then some other people might have. Uh, input on like whether they th- like which of the th- person's three characters they think would really fit and I would be able to be like yeah if you have this then this person has this and this person has this then it fits whereas you yes. guys if you have the same idea roughly then it's kind of like oh I don't know how this person's going to fit in there and yeah. also yeah, yeah. that kind of stuff. Each of us all had one dark broody um, film noir <laughs> character and if we all had just yeah. brought that one it'd be an entire party of dark mm. broody <laughs> film noir mm. characters. Every every woman in the campaign brought in a character that whose entire like backstory was killing men, which is really interesting as well. I was just like, "Is uh, okay?" Unresolved trauma. A lot of feelings here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. we can, we can maybe talk about this later. I don't know if we need three of these. Let though. me just look at my lines and veils spreadsheet yes. for a second. The Ooh. man death campaign. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't, the don't know if this is the way we want to go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, mine's the same. I like. Like what you said there, Jeremy, like I've been, it's been a while since I've had the need to do a session zero. I've, I kind of run two main campaigns at the moment and they're sort of have been going for some time now. Um, but I feel like um, the next one I do, I think part of it for me would be a slightly, I think, so here's what I would say is I feel like there is an option to go um, very like mechanical heavy and there's like narrative heavy um, as well as obviously like the sort of safety tools elements. Um and I feel like it's. I feel like I like the idea of making it quite like narrative heavy and giving the players an opportunity to kind of like tweak their characters a little bit and see maybe if two characters fit together. And like I quite like the idea of them being like having a bit of a, a pre relationship, you know, before they get into the story or like two characters maybe have met each other before and you know and like I feel like that's the sort of thing that you could potentially establish um, in a very like creative and fun kind of space do you know what I mean and I feel like uh, I feel like that's that's quite fun but yeah why don't we just go through uh, I've got a little list here of things that sort of could be included in uh, session zero and I oh, thought that oh wait oh, oh yeah one, one little no, no. also because yeah, um, I'm going to start running um, a little short like campaign for my housemates and one of the things that I've like put in to do in my session zero is have them tell me what sort of stories they like like, mm. what are they looking for? Because they, they've never played D&D before. So I could, like, throw a whole bunch of Forgotten realm stuff at them and then they absolutely loathe it. Like, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, I want yeah, them yeah, to be yeah. like, um, I kind of like this kind of stuff and this intrigues me about fantasy or sci-fi or whatever. And then I can go, oh, can that fit in mechanically into D&D? Okay, cool. Yeah, that works. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's the other thing that you can do. That's... Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, so, um, yeah, these are just like little things that that, that um, are on this a particular list of like things that you could include. This is just this is just on like a, a this is a Reddit list of just a, like a, it's like a whole oh, very okay. detailed list of like things that you could cover and um, not say you should cover them all or that you uh, must cover them all sort of thing, but just as an idea. And I think it covers pretty much everything you could put in a session zero. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Um, and this is one of the things for me that I think potentially might not, and I'd be interested to get your your takes on it because obviously you've said that you want to do, um, you know, like lines and veils and things like that. And uh, I think I believe it was Kelsey, one of our patrons, actually, who suggested this. And I think this is a really, really great idea, which is actually setting up a like Google, like a like a spreadsheet or type thing where basically you can vote uh, anonymously on like certain things uh, and like kind of basically edit it anonymously um, to basically put in what things you do you you wouldn't be comfortable covering what things you you know are are okay with Um, and basically the reason I say this is because I think it is important that you don't all get around a table and start asking people about their trauma I don't think that's a particularly useful thing. I think that's probably going to only going to cause more harm than good in the long run. Um, and I don't think you should ever really be asking anyone to justify why they don't like that yeah. should never be 
uh, mm. you know, that, that there's no need for someone to justify why I don't want to talk about something or why I don't like a particular subject. Mm. Obviously, if like the the line is like absolutely no violence and like you know what I mean then maybe we should think about a different game <laughs> like yeah. you know what I mean yeah like yeah. Uh, for sure but I think I Did like you think the that idea the dungeons of the dragons were just like you just went down there and hung out in the dungeon just, with the dragon yeah yeah <laughs> and you it's just charisma checks the whole time that's all it is <laughs> I mean it could be an interesting campaign but really hard to run <laughs> really hard to run yeah. really you're gonna be leaving out a whole lot yeah. of, 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 of the mechanics the mechanic it'll be a quicker game Game for yeah. sure. D and D would be a quicker game if you didn't have any combat to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, but no, this is this is, and I don't know what you guys feel, but I that for me, I think that I would say to my players, either tell me um, before session zero, or like set up a place where people can say things uh, anonymously, like of things that they don't find comfortable talking about, because especially as what tends to happen is like not everyone knows each other in mm-hmm. a group. When you first mm-hmm. start, like it usually tends to be like a bit of a group of like a, a collection of friends, maybe that all knows the DM or knows one of the players or something like that. Mm. And so therefore, like, I just don't feel like I would be comfortable airing any like stuff. particular stuff. Yeah, stuff yeah. in in that kind of scenario. And I yeah. feel like you're only likely to make a situation that you're literally trying to avoid. Yeah. With the session zero. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it would be more about explaining the way the mechanics of Lines and Veils works as opposed to yeah. actually talking about like... Um, what they'll specifically be used on. Yeah. I don't know, what, what do you guys, what do you guys think? I mean, you... so I suppose for me with Lions and Bales, what I will tend to do is, just because of like the nature of like how I am, is I'll just, I'll I'll start, like I won't go, Lions and Bales, go. I'll go, Lions and Bales, mm. here are mine, um, to kind of go, I, I'm willing to talk about that. And then I will also really much stress that you don't have to say anything. No one's mm. going to look at you funny if you don't say anything. If you want to email me about something, um, or if you just want to rest on the safe of the safety tools if you yep. just want to like you know x card or red green yellow like that's fine you, and we'll never have to explain anything those are all of the options available to you um yes. if i stumble into anything that i don't know about because that is very possible when you're trying to create a safe space for people and making sure that people don't, aren't necessarily like we said airing their stuff in a place that they may, that might be unusual to them um then uh, the safety tools are there for that, um, but also feel free to just come and be like, yo, um, th- that particular part in game, that freaked me out. Can that never mm-hmm. happen again? Yeah. Great. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's fine. I would definitely second Unati's statement about the DM establishing some lines first, mm. because I think it makes, I think it makes, not only does it, Uh, break the tension, but it also makes it clear to the players that the DM has concerns already. Sure. For like, for things that they're not going to cover. So it, I think, creates a greater sense of security as well. If the DM just flat out addresses, because there are certain topics that are usually just, for most people, not going to be something that they don't want in a game. And so if the DM goes out and officially says, this, 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 and this, I don't want in my game. And it's like, even if it's those topics, people, I think, might internally go like, whew, okay, good. I don't have to bring it up. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, then I would, I, I would merge that with what Jasper had, I think, read about establishing a like a private place mm. where people can respond anonymously. Yeah, yeah it was, it was just Kelsey, in case. Kelsey, one of our patrons, who oh, suggested okay. this. Kelsey, thank you, Kelsey. Thank you, I Kelsey. think that's a really good idea to merge in there, where it's mm. like, you can either say it now, or you can contact me privately, or you guys can put it up here. Drop it there, yeah. And yeah, then it's just, just put and it then it's there. like anonymously done. It's 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 there in black and white, and it's very clear. I think. Yeah, Jasper, how do those anonymous things function? Where do you find them? CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality, so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 
I think it's usually just like a Google because basically on when you were on um, when you share a document on Google uh, like Word or an Excel spreadsheet Uh or something like that you can basically set it up with like you know little tick boxes and things you you can put in or people can add notes but when someone else jumps in who has the link uh, they just come up as like anonymous squirrel or something like it doesn't tell you what the email or the name of the person who's on the sheet is or what edits they made if that makes sense so it's a very easy way to just be totally anonymous and um And put things on there, which is which is nice. Thank um, you, Google. She says reluctantly. They, yeah, <laughs> the first time Google ever. Google hears you and it smiles. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, other little things that uh, I've just listed here um, for things that you could potentially cover, which is things like drinking. Uh, mm. I guess because that's absolutely something that some players will be totally comfortable with other people won't be comfortable yeah. with um, like drinking at the table you yeah, yeah drinking at the table um like narcotics anything like that just generally it's yeah. g- it's definitely good to air that out <laughs> like that's table. what it says on, on the here i was like Bro, people are really know, dude, cutting I like lines. to shoot up during well, games, that's a, yeah man. i was like there's de- i was like there's a line of what i think they're even just considering here like there's certain things i'm like surely that's just we're not going to be able to function do you know what i mean you're not yeah. going to function Have at the some- table if like a, you know? like a bag of cocaine. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. And then like something like goes to the microwave, and he said, like, I'm just so, I'm really confused. Goes <laughs> to the microwave. Let's this, moving this is like on. An 80s, yeah, moving 80s Hollywood D and D. Moving, moving on. Uh, cell phones and digital devices. That's uh, mm. that you know again. Yes. Worth clearing up because I know that there's some players, uh, some players I have are really like, no, I want to be like in the thing. And there's other players that are like, hey, three hours is a long time for me to sit still. And I will be, pa- I will pay more attention if I can just like, you know, fiddle around on my phone or doodle or whatever. Um, and I would say with all of these things I'm about to say as well, like as a DM, try to be as open as you can. Like I understand that it might be a little bit infuriating if one of your players likes being on their phone, but like if that's the way that they feel comfortable at a table or if that's the way they can stay focused for three hours, then like try and give them some leeway. Obviously if they're sat there like blaring music or like phoning their friends or whatever, then there's obviously a line, but try and be open, I think, mm. to these things. Um, obviously DMs, I understand you do a difficult job, so, you know, try and set the table up as much as suits you, but I just yeah. think it's good to be receptive to players as well. Mm. Um oh. So, um, yeah, topics, da-da-da, unannounced dice rolls. This is a big one that is just good to clarify. Uh, Just, like, if I have not told you to roll a dice, do not roll dice. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you can't just be like, hey, I rolled that 20 on a perception check. Like, what what, what What for? I didn't. Uh, no, well, yeah, it's investigations, so roll again. <laughs> like, that's what I would do as a DM in that scenario. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah. Um, but just again, like, it's about establishing these little things so that, like, as a player, you don't end up accidentally doing something that's going to annoy the DM or going to, you know, mm-hmm. infringe upon the experience for other people. And as a DM, you're kind of, you're like, well, cool. I, I feel like it's almost like it gives the DM a little bit more, like, agency to just be like, Hey, man, we already agreed this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it can be a little bit iffy. And it's happened a few times where, like, generally, if, like, I interpret a rule differently to, like, how another DM does, and it can get a little bit, like, icky when a player's like, but what? But why can't that happen? And I'm like, well, that's just not how I read that rule. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think the things, like, establishing things like this is like, oh, very easily, like, hey, we agreed this before we started. So, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take it out with former you who didn't say anything at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, also, like, cocked rolls as well. like Or, like, the ro- oh, it rolled yeah. on the floor thing. I'm like, tell me what that dice roll was. <laughs> Did you roll a one on the floor? Did you roll a one on the floor? It's a one. <laughs> I, think, I think Satine Phoenix says that if it rolls off of the table, you take damage. <laughs> Which is like, wow. That's rough. Wow. That's, uh, that's, a, that's if, a crazy If people don't rule. own dice trays, that's pretty brutal. Yeah. yeah, that is. I feel like if I enforced that rule, I'd have to buy my players dice trays. I'd feel too bad to enforce yeah. that rule without a dice tray. And everybody's like at home and has less than ideal setups and they're trying to roll and they're like, oh, it fell on the floor. Oh, okay. Oh, and you're, you're trying to roll the death save. Yeah, I was going to say, you roll the death save, you take damage and just die. No. It's like this. This feels wrong. No. This feels wrong. But you know, if it's if it's what you're doing at your table and everybody's cool with it, yeah, then, then yeah. you know, it is what uh, it is. 
And you know, yeah. um, much in the same way uh, that the, the D and D is set up, like these rules are made to be broken. If you find something that's more fun for you and your group of friends, then do that. Like, yeah. you know, that's that's totally fine. Um, we've kind of covered this one: player expectations, um, player discomfort. If you are wanting to find out more about uh, safety tools, etc., we do have a whole episode on it, uh, which you can go and listen to. There are also a plethora of uh, resources online which you can find out about uh, safety tools as well so we won't cover that too much in this episode but um, definitely find yourself some find some that work for you and 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 use those because it will really help it definitely helps um mm. player agency this is kind of like a big one mm. um <clears throat> And I'll maybe actually I'll throw out to you, Jeremy, because this is a big one for me that like I since listening to Nadpod actually, it's one of the first times where I've really gone like, oh, there is a very different setup here in terms of player agency versus like most games I've come into contact with. And I quite liked it, but I was like, that's something you definitely probably want to establish ahead of time. Uh, and for a context, what it is is that on Nadpod, like they have a because it's kind of like a comedy podcast or like I guess a comedy D and D game. Uh, a lot of the times the players will sort of they'll riff about something uh, and make it up and then Murph the DM will just like slide that into the lore of of the world mm. and do you know what I mean it will become like a part of the thing do you mm. know what I mean yeah for the jokes you know I guess it's kind of like the rule of funny as opposed to the rule of cool yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. but how do you establish that would you establish that I think in that case, all of those people are trained and very experienced improvisers. Mm -hmm, And so it makes sense to let them do stuff like that because it's like, you know that for one thing, it's going to be really entertaining. And then you also know it's probably not going to be something that is just like, why have you done this? (laughs) Uh, So if if you trust the players or player or whatever, and Mm. because I know a lot of my games, people wouldn't even... Like, they wouldn't even feel comfortable trying to do it. Sure, sure. Like, a lot of the people that I play with, they, they just are not improvisers. So they wouldn't... Yeah, like, it's it's sometimes, like, pulling teeth to get creation stuff out of them mm. in, in terms... Like, in when I'm DMing for them. So I would say it is definitely something that's worth discussing up front. Because if, if you think that's going to be a facet of the game, then it's worth bringing up. Because some players, I think, would really like to be able to jump in there... Uh, but to also to some degree, it can be like I'll, it, it can be one of those like BS things where it's like, oh, but I happen to have. Oh, yeah. And, like, no, you just I mean, pull like, out a thing and it's uh, like, what? Yeah, no, I definitely can't. think like when it's in that scenario, it's like if you want to pull out like a common ass item, like for the funny, that's like, do you know what I mean? I would say like, that's mm-hmm. fine. Do you know what I mean? You can't be pulling out yeah. legendary things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or no, like, no, I've had a no, cell no, phone no. this whole time. Yeah. Well, no, like, you don't what? think you did. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I'm actually very wealthy. This, yeah, 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 yeah. An eagle swoops down and snatches the cell phone and the money out of your hands. I'm so sorry. <laughs> you are immediately robbed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, also, I think, uh, as well, like, little things that, like, we do, like, where you have like, have, like, a full business. Do you know what I mean? Within the world. Like, I feel like things like that is good to sort of say, mm. like, hey, look, if you guys can justify it, if you guys are willing to kind of, like, go with me on that journey, then I'm willing to yeah. let you do as much as you know, and have as much of an effect on this world as you would like, you know? Yeah, like the... Because for me, in most campaigns, unless my character has specific stakes and is really tied in with what's actually happening, Mm. most of the time, the most interesting part of the campaign for me is just interacting with the world and doing whatever I want in the world. Because if it's just like, oh, this is some quest that you're being sent on, but I I don't know the person who's sending me on it, and honestly, I don't really care about what I'm going to get, then I start to get bored. And Mm. I'm like, yeah, sure, we could go do, get into some fun combats and explore some cool areas and stuff. But, like, it's harder to keep my interest because I'm not emotionally invested. So for me, but that's, like, a conversation that needs to be had because for me, I'll be like, um, oh, I want to go try and reform this like I want to build a I want to try and build a whole business empire uh, <laughs> and like and I want to I want to have a merchandising line now <laughs> it's like well I'm sorry this is a Wendy's but yeah. it, as long as the Wendy's is okay with yeah. you showing up with a merchandising line then, then yeah okay. why not yeah. go for it fine uh, so that might be something worth discussing as well yeah. the degree uh, player in terms of player agency how far outside of the bounds of the established quest can the players go yes mm. yeah 
rules debate i feel like that's generally straightforward like mm-hmm. dm says that's what happens like mm-hmm. uh unless it's like uh, something ridiculous or just against the wording of something that you have written down like yeah. if you're trying like i feel like it's always good as a player to be like look dm i know this is shithousery so if you want to say no that's fine you know what i mean like i feel yeah. like that's a good way to placate a dm if you ever want to try and get away with something that is nonsense you mm. know <laughs> Uh, also, if you, I think if you establish, if like, if you can find where it says the rule somewhere, mm, then mm. you might be able to, or if it's just like, no, I don't care what the rules say, we're doing this. Yeah. Uh, mm. Like that needs to be established, I think, up front. Yes. So you don't have players being like, but on here it says that I, and, and also, by the way, G- DMs, if you're going to do, if you're going to say my word is law, no matter what the rules say, this is what happens, then you should probably establish what rules you may have changed yes. ahead of time. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah, don't yeah. end up in a situation where your player is like, okay, so I walk 10 feet, I cast a spell, then I walk another uh, 20 feet, then I use my bonus action, and then I walk, and you know, and then I mm. walk, well, not another 20 feet, but like I walk 10 feet, I walk another 5 feet, ca- uh, use my bonus action, then I walk another uh, 15 feet. That you and then the DM's like, oh no, sorry. Uh, you can only use your movement action at all at a time. You cannot split up your movement. Yeah. that's not in the rules. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. But you need to establish so you need to establish that ahead of time with your players. Yeah, so they don't. They're not sitting there like, oh, okay, mm. uh, cool great. Man. Well, like, and I would say anything along the way. I remember in a game one time, I was playing an artificer. And artificers get infusions, and one of the infusions that you can create is you create an existing, you pr- reproduce a magic item that exists. Huh. And so I'm like, oh, dude, well, we've been looking for bags of holding this whole campaign. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna get a bag of holding. And so I, I at, during the campaign, I, I was like, okay, cool. He's like, what are your infusions? I was like, okay, so I'm gonna create a magic item. And I'd spent a long time looking at what the different things were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was, I was, he was like, okay, cool. Uh, what magic item? I was like, I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a, a bag of holding he's like okay that's a no and I was like what what, what? he's what? like no I was but, like so I, I can't make but it's it's one of the options yeah but no oh yeah oh, that's okay yeah that's okay could you uh maybe next time just let me know in advance of what before I, I show up with do. a whole series of plans <laughs> uh based on this bag of holding uh it was one of those things where it was just like why why yeah. But if if that's you, let your players know in advance because yes. that yeah. that was not a good feeling for me. I was yeah. like, oh, I just wasted a bunch of time, had all this emotional and psychological energy. I was all excited for this. Yeah. Had a whole plan. And I think that actually raises like a generally good point, which I think you could absolutely cover in the session zero as well, which is like it sucks to roll badly as a player. Like as a mm. DM, it re- I don't really get that it really means as much. Do you know what I mean? Like generally, you're like, man, I hit or I don't hit. Who cares? Yeah. Like I got a lot to think about. You yeah. know. Whereas for a player, like you spend what could be like ten minutes sitting there being like, this is what I'm gonna do on my move and then my turn. Okay, this I've got this and this spell's gonna go with this. And then if I do like a backflip up there, and then yes, and I can get to them and and I'm gonna save them all. And then like you roll a one, like that really stings. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like as a DM. Like, and you can definitely try and establish this earlier, but like, be on your player's side. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Unless they want something that's gonna like break them and be really, really hard. Yeah. Like, just be nice. Yeah. Be nice. Or to unless that's the game you guys really want to play. That's what I'm saying. Play, yeah. yeah. That's the game you want to play. Really adversarial. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, I wanted to throw out there homebrew rules that yes. is tying in with this. Yes. It's good to establish what the homebrew rules are ahead of time because I remember I saw a. Recently, a, a person that I knew posted saying that they had rolled two consecutive natural ones and had completely, like, their equipment had all broken. Whoa. And and like, that's like, wow. That's And it was, like, during a fight. They were just rolling to, like, attack. And their equipment is now ruined. Oh, and it's man. like, this is, like... That's heavy. That's a heavy harsh. punishment. That's a heavy uh, punishment. I mean, yeah, admittedly, I, if, like, someone rolled, like, three ones in a row in my campaign, like, a black hole might open up and just eat the world or something but like <laughs> yeah. you know. but you need to establish this ahead of time yeah. because in the rules natural one only refers to like it really only applies 
it, it rules as written uh, to attack rolls. And all it means is that you just automatically miss. Yes. Whereas natural 20s also only apply to attack rolls. Oh, excuse me. They also apply to death saves. Those are the uh, like yes. it, uh, natural one counts as two death saves. A natural 20 brings you back up with one HP. Mm-hmm. Uh, natural 20 on attack roll is a critical hit. You automatically hit and you roll double the dice. Now, if you are going to change that, say a lot of people will have natural 20s apply to skill checks or saving throws. Mm-hmm. I've played in a game where uh, the DM said if somebody rolls a natural 20 on a save, this the spell, no matter what the language of the spell is, just doesn't affect them. Wow. Um, which I never liked because yeah. I'm like, if I'm a rogue, I have evasion as an ability. You yeah, just completely yeah. cheapened one of my key of yeah. keystone abilities well, that was actually, at level seven. That was something I was going to uh, bring that's up. something to yeah. establish. Yeah. Yeah, that was something I was going to bring up, which is like, I have a bit of a rule whereby I say that like, if there is a feature of another class that you feel like really works for your character and really like is like a, a thing that you would like, that's something you could 100% establish in session zero, which is if there is not another one... Uh, another player at the table playing that specific class then like you can absolutely bring that forward and we can maybe look at you adding that feature instead of like a feat or an ability score or Mm. uh, something like that um because again but i would never do that if there was like a rogue in the do you know what i mean i wouldn't let someone effectively use uh like evasion without if there was another rogue because it does you're right it cheapens someone else's experience which uh, you know you don't want for sure this is this one i thought was actually quite interesting which is spotlight sharing um, and I guess like the general thing here is just like a bit of an agreement between players and also the DM to say like if two players are having like a really cool role play moment, everyone just take a seat. Do you know what I mean? Let it happen. If someone's yeah. monologuing, if the DM has got something prepared, just let the DM get through the thing. Like you can do the cool thing afterwards. <laughs> you can say, hey, during that speech, I did X, but just let them do their thing. DMs want their moment in the spotlight too sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also I thought this one, this one's been a bit of a niggle for me sometimes in, in my campaigns, which is like, if you're not in the scene, if you are not physically there, then just let the scene happen. Like, I feel yeah. like this tends to happen because I play with a lot of excitable actors who are like, eh, and like want to jump in. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You, the party is split up right now. You're over in the hotel or whatever. These guys are on the beach. They're having a thing on the beach. You guys shut the hell up. Yeah, you're not there. <laughs> like, and especially if you're going to shout rules out. Like, you are not there. <laughs> Stop metagaming. <laughs> Major minor. Yeah, major minor. Yeah. That's a nice little. That's a nice little acting yeah. term. Know when, know when you're in minor. And, know and when you're in major. major. And that's all good. Mm. Is that a reference to music, like the key, the the kinds of keys that you can be playing in? Oh, well, it makes sense technically, I suppose. But um, I don't necessarily think. Yeah, so. I don't actually but know. It, but yeah, it does make sense. What does it actually mean? Um, it, we uh, John Wright around clowning, right? So yeah, when you're yeah, doing a yeah. clowning skit, you like one person is in major, the other person is in minor. So either like boss clown or sympathetic clown or. Um, and you know when to hand over the power of the scene to the other person. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that, yeah, I don't think that would be as much of a music term, but that does work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it does work quite nicely. And so uh, there's obviously, there's a lot of uh, like mechanical stuff as well on this list in terms of things that you could go through to clarify. Um, uh, I think what Yunati said about DM style and then player absence, uh, how that works, because yeah. that I feel like is probably one of the more difficult things things i find uh and i'm that's one of the things where i'm annoyed we didn't set a precedent at the beginning do you know what i mean because i've i quickly realized that i don't like i don't like piloting players i just find that like stuff gets missed um you know the player doesn't really tend to be able to get be able to engage you know then in something that happens and the story ends up being so different to what it would have been if that player had been there do you know what i mean yeah Yeah. Um, oh that literally happened one time there was a campaign that i couldn't be there for most of a session hmm. and the dm was piloting my character and when i came back the dm like i i popped in and out Hmm. and the dm was having my character do something that had i been there I just flat out wouldn't have even wouldn't thought have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so like, I, he was like, oh, you're right in time. Here, here, here's the situation. save. And, <laughs> and I looked, I was like about to leave. And I was like, oh, what's the situation? He described it to me. I was like, so we could just win, right? Like, why are we leaving? 
we could just win. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And it's better because the, if these guys leave, they'll they'll tell on us. Right. Yeah. We want to kill all of them. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I, I guess. I guess. Cool. Yeah. So I'm going to shoot one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we ended up and the, the one of the players afterwards was like, please never have him leave again. <laughs> like, what are you doing having him leaving? Yeah. And because and here's the thing, as a DM, your idea of a player, or excuse me, of a character may be different than the yes. player's idea of that character. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely different. You have no idea yes. what's mm. going on in their heads. So I don't. I really don't like autopiloting people's characters. And I just al- don't do it. Also, also, like, I just, I just forget. Like, which I think actually probably is a good thing. <laughs> like, quite honestly, like, I'm kind of happy that I forget because I'm like I don't want to pilot your character because I'm just I'm just going to do a disservice to this yeah. beautiful character that you've put all this time and effort and whatever into and I'm going to come in as the DM and like it's like when you try and you know like oh right um, the the ghost has possessed you okay and you look <laughs> at the player's sheet and you're like Jesus there's so much information on here um, I'll just stab <laughs> them with a sword and you start st- like you know as the DM you start making the wizard stab people with a sword yeah. do you know what I mean because it's just too much going on in your head to be thinking like what are the internal motivations of this character with all this backstory and all that this that actually co- happened to you Jasper I don't yep. I think where where you yep. you your character wasn't there for a session and when you came back everybody yep. was talking about how your character was, was pro genocide genocidal <laughs> maniac and I was like hey, sorry because the because the DM had conceived of this character in a way in which it was like yes if they've done it to you you should do it to them and yeah blah 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 and like and that's not quite literally Jasper. quite literally the whole point of my character was like I don't agree with my people on this particular thing we were like nearly wiped out as a peoples and so therefore I want to go out and find us a safe home where we don't have to get involved in these wars anymore and in a session that I was not there I became a genocidal maniac uh, nope. I didn't return to that campaign <laughs> it and was I think, very very funny as a I player think, but I felt I to this day feel bad for Jasper. I honestly I honestly it was it was quite heartbreaking seeing these messages on the whatsapp group because I loved that character it's what it's still one of my favorite characters I've ever made and I was just like no. <laughs> no. No, it's not how you were no. you were making like joking like protests on the group and I remember at the time being like this is yeah, this is cutting yeah, yeah, this is yeah, cutting him deep. Yeah, he means that. I can hear this in his yeah. I can hear this in his WhatsApps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we I could hear like the gritting of the teeth. Yeah. The little the little like bing bing or whatever like say you got a message sounded a bit more sad when I messaged. Bing Yeah. Bing. <laughs> <laughs> It's just one sound. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Amazing. So, yeah. And then I think generally the rest of the list, which is very, very lengthy, by the way, I may well put a link to this in the... um uh, in the show notes because it's a very kind of comprehensive list of things that it might just prompt you to think as a DM like oh what is my rule for that yeah. and therefore if it's if it might be different then you might go oh, okay cool I might actually clarify with this with my players in a session zero like his fear of snakes like my fear of snakes uh, I should have put that I should have talked about that in the session zero and so there'd be more snakes though there'd be more snakes if, I, if Jeremy had known that there'd be more snakes <laughs> Uh, yes, it would depend on how cl- uh, how how in what way it was like. I don't like snakes. If it's like when I hear the word snake, I pass out in terror. <laughs> yeah. Then it's like okay, well, yeah, maybe. But that's if it's not, like I, Indiana fruitful. Jones generally hates snakes, mm. then I'm like, oh, good. Well, that's, you that's, fall into a pit of snakes. Yeah. No. Oh my. Oh my. Honestly, that is. <laughs> That's you've actually uh, that that we should have discussed this before the show. Okay, <laughs> I can't. Oh no! <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, but oh man, yeah, that makes me feel woozy. I hate mm. snakes so much. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I, I'm always like, hey, look, if you like snakes, that's cool. That's your thing. But please don't bring them anywhere near me. Thank you. <laughs> the snakes are so sad, Jasper. They wish you. They just want to be your friend. Well, sorry, okay, Mom. maybe they shouldn't have developed. These eyes, these fangs, they shouldn't be slithering all sneaky like. They should just be walking around on legs like normal lizards. Lizards I like, snakes. Yeah. yeah. What about legless lizards? Um does it still ooh, ooh, does it, it do has, the It has to slither, yeah, because it doesn't have any legs. Well it has like tiny little nubs, but it can't. That's fine, nubs is fine. Okay. You can't see the nubs, like it slithers. You'd have to pick it up and <laughs> in, in, investigate. In fact, uh, some snakes actually will have um, I'm pretty sure there are kinds of snakes that have little tiny nubs. Sorry, mom. You don't have to listen to the no. rest of this. <laughs> 
She will literally have a heart sorry, attack sorry, hearing the word snake. Mom. Like literally have a heart attack. <laughs> no, no, not so if you're ever playing with if you're ever playing with Yunati's mum, it's very important that during or before the session zero, you need to clarify it's a hell no. no till the no no no. Um Beautiful. Well, that was uh uh I I enjoyed talking about that. I think it, I personally really vote for session zeros. I think they, I think they work. I think they fulfil the purpose of of avoiding uh, issues further down the line. They don't have to be super long. They don't have to be, you know, uh, they don't have to go on for ages. You can even do a session zero and then take a little break and jump straight into a session one. I think that's also potentially fine. Um, but yeah, I think I would err on the side of of doing them and. Um, and yeah, hopefully that's clarified or that's helped some people in, in an idea um, of what you might do with them, I guess. Oh, actually, one last thing before I forget to throw this out there, which is that uh, someone on our Discord said that there was uh, one of the issues with um, generally starting campaigns is that people don't know the length and people might not want to commit for so long. Um, uh, and therefore that might create tension down the line, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I thought of at the time was if you come up with um, if you could bring it put in, put in place more kind of like big milestones within your campaign that kind of act as bit as like potential jumping off points for characters, like a very easy way for your character to go, OK, cool, I'm going to um, uh, you know, I'm going to uh, I can jump off here. Like my character's going to leave for a bit and maybe come back at a later date if my life's getting mm-hmm. a bit busy. And then that way your players don't have to feel awkward about potentially saying, hey, can I just like not do it for a few months because I've got this work thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Even just a general, this is going to be a short campaign, this campaign's going to last roughly the summer, this campaign, whatever. Yeah. Just having, even that, I think, yeah. could be a useful indicator, even if you don't know how many sessions necessarily. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, well, thank you very much. I hope this has been uh, a helpful uh, little um, uh, thing for you. And, uh, and I hope you in- enjoy running your, your session zeros. Yeah. Um, but mm. uh, we will see you next week, I guess, because mm-hmm. that's what we do. It's, all, it's every week. Yeah. I love it. Um, so long. Shy folks. Shy, so long, Shy folks. Bye. So long. Bye. <laughs> okay. There's definitely a cat in my house. That was a HeadGum Podcast.